boy, are we going to have a good time today? Because yes, I mean, we're we're talking about a, a favorite. I know, I know, a real diehard favorite <laughs> of Brandon's, and I have followed the career of David Bowie. Uh, and we decide we're just gonna we're gonna spend some time talking to you about how we feel about the life of David Bowie. And, and, and it wasn't talk, even my idea. It wasn't even my idea. No, no, <laughs> I was I was the one that because we both went to see uh, uh, Moon Age Daydream, which is the the I, I guess I would call it a rockumentary uh, yes. uh, tribute <laughs> to him and to his life and what he went through. And believe me, you do not want to miss this film because it, it will even if you enjoyed some of David Bowie's music just to know what was going through his head through his life and all it was incredible the interviews the music is incredible but just some of the the mind sequences uh that yeah it was it was really I mean you you said you were mesmerized by the movie and you're ready to go back and see it two or three times and as soon as it's released for for sale you're you're first one in line to get it yeah so i mean you you brought it up that moon age daydream to me and i mean take away my bias towards david bowie because i've watched some bowie like quote unquote documentaries that are kind of generic not to say that bowie's generic but the actual you know they just kind of go through stuff this to me as a music fan as a rock and roll fan was one of the best rock films I have seen in the last 10, 15 years. It is yeah. mind blowing. And I think you said it best. It's great when you see what's going on in the mind of David Bowie during this segment of his life, from the interviews, from the footage, from his artwork, you see him as a whole artist, not just somebody who a, a musician, you see him from a literal artist, from a visionary, from his transitions. Uh, it was really amazing. And by the way, today, November 15th, it is released on physical media, or you can get it from iTunes, Redbox, Amazon, stream it. It is released today, November 15th. It And, and, and again, the thing that I got, I walked away from the movie. Well, there were a lot of things. Number one, I thought I knew a lot about him and his life. You know, we, we all were exposed to his music. And all, but to a certain extent, you realize that was he all of these from Ziggy Stardust to all of these psychedelic things that he went, you know, you were kind of sucked into believing that it, he was just, it was just drugs or whatever that he was, it was, but it was his mind, it was his upbringing, it was his background. Yes. And when, when they revealed in the, in the movie that, that he had a brother who had a mental problem uh, that, from that point forward in the, in the, the movie, I realized that maybe a little bit of that, maybe, maybe David Bowie was a little bit more schizophrenic than we ever really knew. It's just that he, he was absorbed by it. He knew how to control it. He lived it and he put it into his music. He didn't let anything else influence him almost his entire life until he met him uh he was pretty celibate he stayed by himself on his own he didn't let outside influences deter the 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 journey that he was on 
and you were you you would kind of find yourself saying wow you know he would go into himself to develop all these characters and all but that's who he was that's him yeah they were a piece of him that was that was the thing from bowie number one his forward thinking on everything in life from music to relationships because look at when him and iman got together okay it might have been a modern time but that was not a thing that was really talked about uh it was still eh, you know whatever for whatever reason so he didn't care bowie didn't care Bowie was a fashion icon. He chose to not only develop fashion trends, but forward past the fashion trends and inspire so many fashion designers. Um, he didn't care what was going on now. He was looking forward. There's an interview. There's two interviews that stand out, as funny as that sounds, because there's so many. Yeah. One of them is when he's talking on MTV about music. And I've posted this all the time. And this was back when MTV was the juggernaut. Like they were out there. I want my MTV. It was a beast. Right. And David Bowie flips the interview around and says, there's one thing I've noticed is your lack of black artists on MTV. He called them out and MTV was like the corporate answer. Well, we have to do this and we can't play this because, you know, we're trying to appease people in America. And David Bowie said, well, surely the black kid in Harlem is living in America, right? And I always go back to that interview and I say, this is a man who didn't care. He was going to tell you how it was yeah. and he was going to ask you and demand that you gave him answers. That was one of the interviews. The other interview was when he talked about the internet. He said that the internet could be the downfall of society if we don't sit there and use it. We are going to find out that people are going to be getting information faster than they've ever gotten. And it's not going to be true information. It's 30, 40 years ago. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he he was he was definitely on the cutting edge of a lot. You mentioned fashion. When you when you think of of the the fashion that that say people like MC Hammer, you know, with 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 his his dress, uh uh, a lot of the the moves that that people like Michael Jackson uh, in, incorporated. A lot of these things. Uh, Prince, the the yes. way Prince dressed in uh, his persona. A lot of those were influenced by David Bowie, because David it's Bowie true. was doing them back in the '60s, and all of a sudden it got developed, and people said, "Yeah, you can you can you can push the envelope." He was already doing it. And people were looking at it and calling it weird. And then all of a sudden, his weirdness, if you will, became commonplace. You know, and, it was and, normal. It became, a, it became a trend. He was a trendsetter. And yeah. by the time the others caught on, he was on to the next thing. Already, yeah. Which is probably why him and Iman worked so well together because of yeah. being how, how involved she was in the fashion industry and all that. And, and, when when he and Imam, it was much later in life, and up to that point, that and you'll see in the movie, several interviewers kept trying to to ask him about relationships, and 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 love in his life, and and he his basic standard answer was, I don't have time for it. That's what it, he said. It's all not the time. a part of my life. It my career is my life. 
My music is my life. My art is my life. And I don't have time for anything else because if I allowed that in now, it would ruin what I'm doing with everything else. It's amazing to me that a man like Bowie, <clears throat> for how flamboyant he was, how in your face he was, how charismatic he was, how involved he was for decades in music and film and was so private. Yeah, he was absolutely. the complete private. I mean, there's very, the, the footage you see of him walking with his daughter and all that, it's just normal stuff. It, it's, it's, he kept that very close. His battle with cancer was virtually kept out of the public's eye. When Bowie passed away, that caught me off guard because I knew he got sick, but right. I had no idea where he was with that. And it, so, it was it was eighteen months from hmm. diagnosis until till the time that he that he passed. And then what does he do? It, he puts out an album. He puts out to me one of the best Bowie albums in years, which is about his life and death. It's him coming. The whole thing is him coming to terms with comes, death, yeah, and re realizing what it's about. And not only to that, he also is behind a play. The man who fell to earth becomes a play and he's involved with that. What meanwhile he's battling cancer. I, I gotta be honest with you, Bowie till the day he passed away was was a visionary and and changing things for the future. Yeah. And and it's interesting because back in the day when he was was starting and when he took on this persona of, of Ziggy Stardust. A lot of people just wrote it off as just uh, he's just a fluke. It, he, right. won't, he will he won't it, this won't last. His he's going to be good for a couple of years and then he's going to be gone. But but he just kept reinventing himself. He would always go back maybe and do do you know the return to Ziggy Stardust. But he had so many different. That's why I say it inside of his inside of my mind and inside of his head. I have a I have a feeling that he had some of the same mental issues that his brother had. It's just that his brother ended up being institutionalized for it, yes. and Bowie used it as a creative tool to express all of these different characters that were in his head. He brought them out on stage in one way or form or another, that's and that right. was the, yeah. that's how he dealt with his mental issues. And, and, and it's possible. I think you, I, I don't think that you get in this, and it's not fair for me to say you get in this line of work without having, I mean, look at some of the most favorite artists of all time, from music to painting to authors. There's always a little something off in there. Sure. And that gives them that creative edge. Yeah. And what's interesting about Bowie is, like you said, you take Ziggy Stardust and this character, and you look at the music that he was doing at this time for Ziggy Stardust. And then you fast forward to when, He's the Duke, you know, and you see the transition. It's not just a character change. It is a complete overhaul and musical direction change. Everything changes with him. Yeah. And then you fast forward when he's getting quote unquote older and he settles into a different tone and he goes back to those songs. He's still Bowie, but he's a different, more, uh, you know, cultured. I don't even know if that's the right word because he's always been cultured. He's defined. He he realizes who I who he is, and across the spectrum, you can see it. His music changes, his look changes, 
the way he acts in films. Bowie's got more films. Obviously, everybody knows him from Labyrinth, one of my favorite films. But he's got several other films that are really good. Yeah. Yeah, he, he you know, as, as I say, he just kept reinventing himself. And you found yourself sometimes when he would come out on stage, you'd say, that's David Bowie? Yes. You know, it, it really, that, that's him. That doesn't look like him or it doesn't, he's got a different persona and everything about him. You know, I kind of, I kind of think a, a little bit, something like Alice Cooper. Sure. Uh, you know, who could go out on the golf course and just look like every other golfer on the golf course and everything. But when he became Alice Cooper, it was like he got an out of body experience. And, and, and David Bowie was the same way when he was on stage. The one, I'll tell you, we've talked about this too. The one thing that I really enjoyed about David Bowie was you could understand his lyrics when, when he ad addressed his audiences. It wasn't yelling and screaming and, 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 and spouting off lyrics that you, you had to see on paper in order to understand what they were you were just sucked right into that microphone with him and and you understood what he was saying and how he said it and his his lyrics were were really kind of easy to absorb he he yeah. wrote poetry and then he he he, he would you know uh, put that into his lyrics into his music uh I, th I think one of the, when you talk about him changing, I remember watching him uh, on a, a fashion award show years ago and he was kind of coming in and out as presenter and he'd perform and all that. <clears throat> he came out the first time to perform. He had a black eye. I mean, it looked like somebody punched him. He had his arm in a sling and I'm like, what just happened to David Bowie? Did he get in a car accident? And this is, yeah, there was social media, but not like it was today. Yeah. And so you couldn't you couldn't really find out the, the what's happening, you know. And then he came back out later in a completely different outfit, black eye gone, sling gone. And he's performing with Arcade Fire. And I'm like, he just did that for a fashion piece. That is he was. I mean, but it looked, but that's Bowie. He didn't yes. care. He had an idea in his head and he went with it. And I was like. This again, if you if you want an example, just look at the pictures. You can tell. And and uh, uh, I I can't I can't say it enough. Do not miss no. Moon Age Daydream. It I is, agree. If it's and 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 you can wait if you want to watch it on your fifty five inch screen at home and all. But if you have the opportunity to see it in in a theater with the you know the uh it the advanced sound systems oh. that they have in some of the theaters unreal it will it'll just absolutely blow you away and it at sometimes it's you get sucked into the these one-on-one -on -one interviews that he has and i and i encourage you to focus on his eyes and his face because when these questions come at him you can tell that the the mind is already a, ahead of the question and he's got his answer prepared then all of a sudden they'll switch to a performance and the psychedelic you know uh, a movement behind him on the screens behind him and the pyro pyrotechnics and everything 
it, it, it the movie just oh it's 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 visually stunning it's it feels like at times that you are watching it through the eyes of david bowie um and that's that's, what I, that's what I think he really wanted to create in in this is I, that I, that I, I don't want so, you yeah. to see me from the outside in. I want you to absorb me from the inside out. In other words, see the world as I see it through my eyes and through my mind. And Look, the director did a phenomenal job. I love the fact that the Bowie estate approved this yeah. and said, let's do it. It's the first one since his passing that they were involved in. There's been others. There's one on HBO Max that is good. I'll tell you this. I think it's called The Final Days of David Bowie. And it focuses on when he realizes that he's going to pass. And it's the development of the album and development of the play, The Man Who Fell to Earth. And that's a really good documentary. It's good because you get to see why he did this album and how he did it. And I like that. But this film, being approved by the Bowie estate, the director... Everything they did, again, visually, if I was to sum up, if someone said, hey, I want to watch something and understand David Bowie, I think it's Moon Age Daydream. I think that's the one you watch. I think that's the one that you you buy, you you purchase. Uh, I don't know if it's showing anywhere, any, anywhere else right now because they did just release it. Uh, it yeah. might be. Um, so if you get an opportunity, check it out. If not, Download it, rent it, buy it. I I pre-ordered mine on Amazon. Um, the physical media. I want the physical. It comes with like a 32-page book and all this. So right. you know I got to get that. Um, but I did see it at Redbox to, to, to have it on streaming. So I encourage anybody who's a fan of music to just check it out. Yeah, it is. It really is. And, and, and I think you'll walk away from it also realizing what we said earlier is that back in the sixties, he was, he was a pioneer in, mm -hmm. in what happened in the seventies, eighties, nineties, and even into today, a lot of what you see on stage today, Ziggy Stardust did 40, 50 years ago. Uh, he's, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't realize he was, he was born a couple of years after I was. Uh, and also when he started, uh, his career, his, his, his performing career in the sixties and all, there was nobody else like him No, at, at no. that time. I mean, he was, he was a, a pioneer setter. And he because really of was. that, a, like you said, a lot of the critics and all looked at him as just a flash in the pan that this wasn't going to last. And I will agree. Had he stayed in the Ziggy Stardust and tried to carry that through, yeah. decade after decade it probably wouldn't work and and yeah. he may have ended up being just a, a character actor uh but he just kept that mind of his the music that was going through his head the lyrics that were going through his head he was unreal in tune to to the you know what was going on in the world and very often that would creep into his lyrics to the injustices done around the world he was involved in a lot of charities and all that he he believed in and later with a mom oh so but, many he yeah. so many charities he was involved and, and i mean things we didn't even know about things uh, yeah. you, that he didn't advertise um he didn't know about he was he was and then look at who he was involved with musically if you talk to the big boys i mean we don't have to talk about Queen. We know. And that Queen song, this, the story behind them coming together for Under Pressure is amazing. 
Uh, it almost didn't happen. Number yeah. one, number two, to have those minds of Freddie Mercury and David Bowie working together, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. But then you talk about you talk to Mick Jagger and you talk to Paul McCartney. You talk to these guys, Johnny Cash. You know, Bowie and Johnny Cash were actually friends, and they would sit there and swap lyrics together. No, I mean, like, it's crazy to me because. Uh, there's a story from Dave Grohl. I read Dave Grohl's book of the Foo Fighters. I love it. It's a great story. He's a huge Bowie fan. And actually, Dave Grohl's mom uh, knew David Bowie. Um, and they met. She was a teacher, but they met. Really? And Yeah, which was really funny. Um, because Dave Grohl's mom, like I said, she was just a teacher. But they somehow met. And anyway, it's a cool story. But Dave Grohl uh, messaged Bowie multiple times because he was, or emailed him because he was going to cover one of Bowie's songs. He wanted to get permission. He didn't want to just do it, you know? Right. It, David Bowie never emailed him back. And finally, David Bowie says, very simply, look, piss off. I don't want to do it with you. Do the song and stop emailing me. And so Dave Grohl was like, oh my God, I just pissed off David Bowie. He's like, I, hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing the song anymore. And then like a week later, Bowie sends like an LOL. And that's it. It was an email, AOL, LOL. And, and that was it. And so he did the song and, and then finally they got to work together. But, but Dave Grohl says like, you would never know with Bowie. He'd just send you an email and be like, leave me alone. And you're like, okay. <laughs> the, the, don't miss it, folks. Yes, don't miss it. I mean, you, you, I could go on. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's 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 interesting because if you really like in in depth interviews, this is the movie. Beautiful. If you if you really like just social interactions, this is the movie. If you like the music, my God, this is the movie yeah. because the the performances, the soundtrack, you will find yourself saying. Oh yeah, I remember that. You remember the tune, but when you see it up on stage, the way they did it, and the, and the, I give again kudos to the directors. Uh, it it just brought back memories. It made you feel good. You walked out of the the theater almost with a tear in your eye. True, because, because you, you you missed him. And also, I'll encourage you if you go see it in the movie, do not just walk out when the credits start no stay no. right through the credits and everything because there's some amazing stuff that that happens during the credits too literally like you said from the opening to the end i mean i was blessed enough and shout out to everybody at grand grandscape i i thank you thank you thank you uh to go see it like before it came out it's the first time i ever got to do that and it was epic um I, I haven't got a chance to see it again because of timing, but I am so yeah. happy it's there. And like you said, from top to bottom, unreal. And Lauren and I went to see the first showing uh, of the day in the movie theater. We walk in, we sit in our seats and we get our, our drink and some popcorn and everything. And we look around and we are the only two and people in the theater for the movie. And it was like, we had our own private showing of of you know uh moon age daydream and you went to a great place you saw it at a great place you went yeah. at a great time it was like the perfect storm you know i wish i could have gone that day it was oh it was just just awesome uh well you know 
we hope you enjoy David Bowie as much as we do. He was an icon. He was a, 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 a he was a force uh, in our upbringing and and our musical reckoning fashion. Um, he was he was a wonderful guy. Died long before his time uh, okay. because I think there was so much more in that head that was waiting to come out and. He probably recorded a lot that that has that will still be released as we go forward. Yeah, probably. They're very particular, and I like that. I like yep. they're not just shoving it out. So we'll see. There's more to come from Bowie. Yep, and there's more to come from us too. So True. be here again next week, eight a.m. on Tuesday, and all for another edition of of what is this? Oh, trash know. talk. Trash talk. I think. Yeah. yeah, with 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 Brandon and Stewart. So go out and make <laughs> it a good one. Bye. Peace.